0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is Monday, uh, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And of course, by now, you should already know that my name is Andre Anderson. I'm both host and founder of BSTL. What does BSTL stand for? It stands for Building Something That Lasts. So I hope you're doing well, and I hope that you're keeping well, and I hope you're enjoying this transition uh, into a new season. The leaves are beginning to fall off the tree, it's beginning to become a little bit milder, um, and a whole bunch of other things. But for me, I'm, I'm okay with that, um, because at the end of the day, uh, I like spring and I like fall. So for those of you that are getting the winter blues, um, I wish I could help you, but I really can't. So anyways, I want to jump right into our conversation uh, today. Um, I've got a really good friend um, on with us uh, today. We've known each other, I I want to say, for well over 30 years. Um, The thing is, she looks a whole lot younger than I do, but, um, well, I won't tell you how old I am in this episode because she's going to be really upset. Um, And we did have her husband on uh, previously um, on this when we met with uh, Sheldon Isaac. We're now going to talk to... Um, his wife Catherine, are you there?
1: I am here, Andre. And oh. yeah, I think we met back in high school. To be honest with you, that's right. I mean, it's, a long time, yeah. it's
0: way back in the West Hill days. Now everybody knows that you're a Scarborough person, uh, <laughs> so don't 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 try to come on here and be all bougie <laughs> and whatever. Not
1: yeah, I guess
0: that's not gonna work out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Catherine, um, as we are starting, um, uh, I'd love to, if you don't mind, start off. Uh, this conversation with you, maybe just sharing two things about yourself, uh, things that you might be willing to share uh, with those that are listening.
1: Yeah, I guess the first I would say, um, because I think not a lot of people know this about me, but I am an introvert at heart. I Mm -hmm. consider myself an extroverted introvert in that I can talk to anybody. Uh I can talk to anybody and I can talk your ear off. Yeah. But really, I just want to be left alone. <laughs> like, that's really the truth of the matter. And how I um, recharge is by myself. Like, even at home, I have a family, I have kids, and they know that partway through the evening, yes, I'm gone. I'm in my room, I'm reading a book. Yes. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm cleaning in silence. Yes. Or, you know, I'm watching a show by myself. This is how I function. Yeah. And I think just, you know, growing up in the church or growing up, uh, in my career I've learned to talk to people yes and with people so I can do that effectively but really where I get my strength from my power from is like my alone time so
0: even though this conversation we're going to hear a lot from you and mm-hmm. I know you're not going to believe me um but I too am a really big time introvert. Uh, <laughs> okay, and sure. I, I know you don't believe that. I mean, you know, you've known me for a long time and I can clown and be front and center. But if there's a way for me to just uh, be in my own little space, I kind of love that too. So yeah. right, whatever. So we have one yeah. thing in common.
1: Great.
0: Um, so here's the thing. Well, not just one thing in common, but at least on the introvert thing. Yeah. So in our conversation today, um, in these series of conversations that I have been having, um, I've been focusing on with those that have come on the podcast on uh, this idea around difficult um, conversations. And I know in the world um, that you occupy um, professionally, cybersecurity, um, you know, you've got a whole bunch of educational pieces that are here. And I know if you'd like to, you can share that. I'm going to probably put it in with the blurb um when i put up the post on linkedin as well um but one of the 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 things that i think leaders um we um they they struggle with is this idea around letting people go um Mm -hmm. how do you tell somebody you know two weeks from now tomorrow next hour from now Um, sorry, we will no longer need your services. So I thought it would be a great conversation for us to have. And maybe you'd just like to launch out and share a little bit about what you're doing professionally, because I think that's the bridge into the conversation.
1: Yeah. Um, So I work in technology my entire career, 20 plus years. Yes, I'm aging myself as well, has been in technology. And so um, if you're keeping up with what's going on right now, you're seeing layoffs happening like every week, yeah. you're probably seeing the big names, the Googles, the apples, etc. What you're not seeing is the small companies that is just happening on a regular basis over the last year or so. Mm-hmm. And this is actually the second time in my career that I've had to like live through a season like this. Wow. Um, the first mm-hmm. time was during the 2008 financial crisis mm-hmm. at that time. I was like a junior leader, mm-hmm. um, running a help desk. And part of my job was actually knowing, at the beginning of the day who was being let go over the course of the day and, you know, assigning people on my team to shut down their accounts and things like that. Oh wow. And that was, that was really stressful for me, even though it wasn't me letting people go. It was the knowing. Mm. The knowing was a lot like, you know, I'm going to see you. I'd go down to the Tim Hortons and there you are buying your coffee. And I know today's your last day. Wow. That really, really sucked. Right. And so this time being on and you know, I've let people go over the course of my career yes. and usually that's a poor performer. Right. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not as hard to let a poor performer go because you, by the time you're letting them go, you will likely have given them opportunities to improve sure. through one-on-ones and whatnot. They kind of know they're not performing at the level you need them to. And so by the time you get there, it's, uh, you know, we both know this was coming yes. kind of conversation, right? Yeah. I don't mind people ever. So, yeah. you know, this season is different, <sighs> Wow. This, it's any and everybody. Right. Um, it's poor performers. It's the average performer. It's high performers. Okay. And um, the decision just to get to that point to say, okay, this person. Yes. That alone is a tough decision to make because you're literally looking at your team on a sheet of paper right. instead of the human beings themselves and saying, well, that guy can go. Well, that's hard. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, um, the knowing is still really challenging. I hate knowing in advance. And it's like, well, we're waiting for HR to put the paperwork together. So it could be a few more days. And it's like, well, I've got to talk to this guy for the next couple of days. I've been meeting with him this afternoon and just not, you know, and so I find that part really challenging. Yes. Um, But in having the conversations itself, one of the things I make sure to do is be prepared, Mm. really prepared for it. Um, I don't want to go in there without uh, go into that conversation without having all of the points that I'm supposed to share ready to go. And I need to know, especially I'm doing these things remotely now, by the way, because I work um, remotely. Yeah. So, so I got, doing a, that,
0: so, so, go I, so I got a question and I'm sorry to interrupt you. So I want to start off with the various levels, right? So I think okay. uh, to those that are listening, um, the average person and the person that is underperforming I think people understand that and it doesn't make the conversation um easier it's just that at least you've got a file that says so-and-so hasn't met the benchmark for the last two or three quarters so let's start off with the conversation for the individual that's doing well but for whatever reason the company has to let him or her go
1: what does that look like as you talk about being prepared Like I said, being prepared in that, I want them to understand this is not because of you and your performance. This is because of whatever is happening within the economy, within you know the business itself, et cetera. That's still a tough conversation to have because it's saying, "Look, this isn't your fault; it's our fault." As a business leader, this is on us. Right. And so, coming in with that attitude is mandatory for me like look i understand that this is on us it's not on you and i'm really sorry that this happened so being prepared with the words i'm going to say Mm -hmm. being prepared with what the next steps are um you know you're going to hear from hr next and they're going to you know share some information with you but being ready to answer questions that that the employee might have in terms of you know just try and be like anticipate sure anticipate and be prepared to answer that at the same time Mm -hmm. like because you want to be honest and transparent but at the same time i do have to think about the legal side of things and you know what i can't share right and so um you know coming off like a human being and not as part of this company man that is out there saying look we're we're in a bad financial situation and we gotta let you go that's not that's not gonna do it you have to remember these are human beings I don't always know everybody's life story. Not everybody's you don't know what it's meaning to them that um, that today's their last day. You don't have any idea what it means. And, you know, we're seeing this rise in just like mental health crises and substance abuse and whatnot. And you don't know what that trigger is going to be. Right. So those are the things I want to think about going in there so I can be as empathetic as possible in letting this person go um, and listening giving them an opportunity to ask questions and be um, like I said, as open and, and transparent as I possibly can with the situation, but it really does suck. Like there's yeah. never one that you can walk away from and go, "Hmm, that was a good call. Right. No, it wasn't, right. no, it wasn't. It was horrible. Right. So those are the things I think about going into it and try to prepare myself for, for what that's going to feel like and be like.
0: So then here's the question, right. And I'm sure that some of it is at your pay grade. And some of it is above your pay grade. And we're still talking about the person that is performing. Because I think yeah. those are the conversations that most times we don't care about. Is there a way for you as a leader to help rescind um, some of those decisions? Or by the time it gets to yeah. you? Because, you know, one of the things I don't think it's fair um, is, is this, Kathy. That because of where you sit, you are literally having a conversation, I would imagine, from time to time... Um, that you don't want to have. And there's somebody else that has made a decision that you now have to roll out.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: what do you do with mm-hmm. all of that?
1: Yeah. Not not often when I think about it, mm-hmm. I don't think that's ever happened to me. I think that here's, here's how it usually goes down okay. as a at leadership level. We talk about the fact that we're going to have to, we're going to have to cut. Um, that I might get some directives like, you need to cut X number of people or you need to cut X number of dollars. And then it's really up to me to kind of present a list from that. um, That list is generally shared. I like to, like, I like to work on collaborative teams. So it might be the entire leadership team. It might just be me and my boss. And then we'll discuss it. He might veto some, or she might veto some, or somebody else might veto, or there might be a, what about so-and-so? And then I have to do like advocate, Right. For that person, if I feel that's right or appropriate. So there's usually conversations. I've never been in a situation where it was like, here's the list of people that you, that are going to be cut from your team and you have to be the one to make the, con- the to, like to have the conversation. Okay. I've never had that experience. Um, I would always, I mean, I'm the kind of leader though that I advocate for my team. Right. If I agree with it. Okay, fine. I agree with it and I'll roll with it. But if I don't agree with it, I'm going to try. I'm going to advocate. I'm going to justify why. And um, if I get overruled, I get overruled. But, you know, I always make sure I, I make my points known.
0: So then here's the other question then. Um, as you now have to, whether collaboratively or on your own, advocate, um, not advocate because sometimes you understand that, whether it's a dollars and cents or the overall performance, you mentioned something earlier around mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. And and one of the things that, that that I think people do take for granted is um, you have to live with a decision. Um, Once you get to your level of leadership, that's part of what comes along with it. That's part of why you get paid, Um, what you get paid. You, you have to live with that decision from, from a mental health perspective and a leadership perspective how do you navigate both? Because I don't know, do you go out after that to the keg for a nice filet Absolutely. mignon? You know
1: what
0: I mean? Or or are you sitting there scratching your head because you realize the one that you've just now laid off, fired, whatever, they just bought a
1: house in Oakville. right? right? Absolutely. And, they just had a baby two months ago. And right. And things are already there. And, um, you know, you do have to do that. And there are times, other times outside of laying people off that I have to play the party line, right? Where decisions made that I'm not necessarily happy with. Right. I have to deliver this message Mm -hmm. and that's part of the role. So yeah, you, you have to understand that this is it. Once I say these words, those are my words. Right. Going to have to stand by it. And, um, you have to just kind of own that one way or the other and not go backwards. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, some days end with a glass, a bottle of wine being opened up. That's <laughs> Sometimes what it's got to be, but you have to not go back. And when I say that, what I mean is, you know, we stay connected with these people, whether it's on LinkedIn or however else. Right. And you see what's going on sometimes after layoff. Yes. And you can't look at something somebody writes and say, oh my gosh, that's my fault. That's because we let them go. That you can't do that. You can't beat yourself up over it. Or your own mental health is now just... Gonna be destroyed. Right. You have to realize. Look, justify it for yourself. This is the reason why it's happening. If you feel like you made a personal mistake that led to this, what's the lesson learned, and how how do you prevent it from happening again in the future? Like right. that's the kind of thing I try to do yeah. so that I I can't go backwards. I can't go backwards. It would be devastating. Yeah. And so you just gotta find it, justify it. You know, for yourself mm-hmm. and reconcile with that and move forward yeah but here's the thing though and and
0: and you mentioned this earlier in the conversation so one of the things that will happen is maybe sometimes you get the email or the paper um, soft or hard copy it's on your desk and you've got to do something today maybe but generally speaking you do have um, the leverage of having to do this over you know a week or five days Mm -hmm. or two weeks whatever that looks like how do you how do you go to work Every day and say, hey, don't forget, uh, I need that document from you by five, knowing that, you know, look, the bus is about to pull into the terminal and this person is going to have to go. Like, how do you live with yourself? And I'm not saying that you're unethical, right? Because this is part of leadership. It's whether you sign up for it that way or not, this is what it is. But how are you able to, you know, continue to be connected uh, to those individuals knowing, that they are going to get walked out of the building.
1: Yeah. Like I said, the knowing is the hardest part for me personally. I hate that part. I would rather just like, don't tell me until the last second. I don't want to know. Right. But Mm -hmm. what I do know as well though, is that things can change. Okay. Things can change sometimes down to the last minute. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's not done till it's done. Mm -hmm. And so while you're still employed with the company, I'm going to treat you like you're employed with the company. And that's what I do. Nice. I just kind of stick to work. I will book meetings even, or, you know, ask you for the thing that you said you were going to send or ask about certain things until it's done. Because I know it might sound cruel, but mm-hmm. I know change. Right. I've seen it happen right. at the last minute, the day before the day of where it's like, Oh, pull the plug. We made it. We, we figured something else out. Right. And so, I just do it until, you know, until it's done. And I will even say to people, like I was hoping it wouldn't go this way, but you know, unfortunately it has like, I, I never want to let anybody go unless it's like I said, a poor performer where it's better for us to let the person go. But um, yeah, I'll just keep working up to the last minute.
0: Okay. So I'm going to ask you this question
1: and I hope you can.
0: Um, I know you can, but it's whether or not you want to answer this one, but this is going to be a tough one. So, as a woman of color mm-hmm. in the seat that you sit in, does it make it even more difficult for some of these mm-hmm. hard conversations?
1: I'm thinking. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Um, I say that because I, I think all conversations for me are are put through that filter okay. of black woman in tech. Mm-hmm. Um, hard conversations conversations where, like I said, I need to advocate for something or someone. Mm -hmm. Um, I always have this filter, right? Where I don't want to be labeled as the aggressive, angry black woman. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, like I said, I've been in my career a long time. I think I have learned to tailor my conversations um, and assert myself with the label. And sometimes the label has landed on me anyway. Mm So um, I don't know... If this particular thing makes it harder, because you know they say that I do struggle with empathy. I will say that. Okay. Um, it is sometimes I'm the kind that's like I, I will I, I love you, but please stop crying in front of me. Like do you know what I, mean? <laughs> I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. at all. Mm-hmm. So so that's something that you know again over my career I know I've had to work on. We do these personality profiles or these 360 feedbacks, and that's always been the thing where it's kind of like. Could be a little more empathetic, so that's something I've worked on over my career. Right. So, no, if that's a black woman thing, because I think that's a stereotype too, that we right. just we're a bit tougher on the outside than you know we've got this hard job. Right. and so that does sometimes come out. But with these particular conversations, I expect I've had tears. Mm-hmm. I've had people, crying. I've had people scream and yell at me and call me all kind of words. Right. In the process of of letting them go, mm-hmm. I just don't react. I just kind of you know. Try and stick to the what I came here to say. Mm-hmm. Um and, and you know, just don't get I don't get emotional about it. I don't feel like I have the right to get emotional about it when they're being told that today's their last day.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's a decision. Right. So let me ask you this question. And I've never asked this question before on the podcast, so this is a brand new one. How mm-hmm. does your faith inform how you do these tough decisions?
1: Yeah. So I I mentioned the love part, Mm -hmm. like it is a a part of my faith. I need to love people. And I do, I genuinely love people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, you know, coming from a faith that is about loving individuals, it allows me to see beyond the bottom line. Yeah. If we're cutting because of cost, I get it. We have to cut. Right. But this is a human being and not just a line on a spreadsheet. Right. Yeah. And I can see beyond that. I think that's how my faith helps me there. And also to, you know, to try and be that listening ear, even though I'm not always the most empathetic, I know people want to talk after that. Sometimes people want to talk Yeah, and they just say what they want to say, not necessarily for me to respond, Mm -hmm. but what they want to say. And I think um, my faith has allowed for some of that too, to just kind of actively listen Yeah. Without judgment. Yeah. Without, I I can totally get it. I get it. You just heard the news you didn't expect to hear today and you got to go home and explain this to your family. Sure. You're going to offload on me right now. Yeah. I can take that without judging you for those actions. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And I would imagine that, um, there is a, a large piece there as both, of us believe in god believe in jesus Mm -hmm. right there's this thing where grace um it's the thing that we talk about we're consumed by it we recognize that god gives us gives us that and yet here we are as leaders having to make difficult decisions where we may be perceived as being uh the antithesis as to what we actually believe based on what the bible has to say and that's okay because like you said yeah
1: go ahead I should add that prayer too was a big part of it. It's always a big part of it for me from the second I hear yeah. this is what I have to do. I start praying about it. Yeah. I start praying for wisdom. Yeah. Lord, help me to make the right decisions here. Help me to be open-minded and to listen to what other people are saying and, and what's happening yeah. and to try and take, you know, I want to have the emotional side for the, for the, the staff, but I also have to think about the the, the future of the business right. and to just use wisdom and all of that. And then, you know, in preparation for the, um, actual conversations, believe me Yeah. <laughs> before every single one of those calls, yes, I'm, I'm sending it up to God again, help me to just keep my cool, yes. say the right things yeah. and deliver this message with empathy and with love. Yeah. And, um, you know, if I, I don't do those, I worry that, Oh my gosh, I didn't pray about this am I making the right choices here? I think the thing has always been a big prayer for me. It's like, I don't want to make decisions that have negative impact. I need God to talk to me right now and work with me and help me to make those right decisions.
0: Oh my goodness. Um, There's so many more things. And look, Kathy, you are going to have to come back and I know you're busy and I'm so grateful that you um, set aside the time. Cause you know, one of the questions um, that I wanted to ask sooner, but we went in a different direction is, the loneliness that goes mm-hmm. along with this part of the decision-making process. Um, because there will be some that will look at you and say, Kathy, you would have known. And you uh, had lunch please. with all four of us over the last Isn't three there, days. You know, I'd love to hear about that. And maybe we'll have to like hold that off until the next time, because that may be the the, the part of the conversation that is As meaningful as everything else, because Mm -hmm. there is a there is a measure of loneliness that comes along with delivering hard decisions, especially when you have to let people go. But with that being said, um, I would love for you, if you can, um, to just summarize um, what's the takeaway you want us to know Um, because this is a leadership platform, right? So what's the takeaway um, around these difficult uh, conversations?
1: Yeah, this is part and package of the leadership deal. And whenever people tell me they want to move into leadership, they want to move into management or whatnot. I always ask myself, ask them why? Mm -hmm. Like management is one of the most difficult jobs I've ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm good at what I do. Technically, I'm a techie. I'm great at that. I could have stayed in the tech field, pushing, buttons, flipping switches, writing code. Yeah. And I made this choice. And the hardest part of my job is people management, mm. especially when it comes to either poor performers dealing with difficulties and having these tough conversations.
0: Yeah,
1: I just want to say all the time to people, if you're in leadership or you're, you know, you have, you want to get into leadership, take this into consideration. Yeah. Are you ready for this part of the, 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 the plan, this yeah. part of the job? Do, have you worked on your empathy? Right. I, I have you thought about what it means to to actually um have people's livelihood right. um in your hands yeah. and um you know that's kind of where I wanted to go with this conversation is that it's not all you know a nice, a bigger paycheck and whatnot. <laughs> yeah that's not what it's about right it's yeah. I have to deal with staff I have these people literally in my hands, yeah. and like I said, you just had a baby two months ago now what yeah. um you gotta make these tough decisions, so
0: yeah. And you know what? Um, to the point, um, what people think leadership is, it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not the flex hours. It's not the ability to you know be on lunch a little bit longer. It's mm-hmm. this. I think this is where the rubber hits the road. It's the 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 part of your job that you don't love, but it's still part of the job description. Um, Absolutely, Kathy. C- thank and you. The you. Yeah, get, go ahead.
1: But the higher you get up that ladder. The less you, that you're doing the part that you love, Correct. to be honest with yeah. you, and the more that you're at the decision-making phase and the people-leading phase, and so you really have to take that into considerations when you're trying to move up when your aspirations are leadership. Yeah.
0: Oh boy, Kathy, we're going to have to do this again because mm-hmm. there's more that I wanted to talk about, but we've run out of time uh, this week. We thank you for coming on and sharing some of your wisdom. And uh, we can't wait until next time. Uh, For those of you that are listening, look, we're having all conversations about uh, leadership. Um, And at the end of the day, sometimes it's not what you think it is, but it is part of the process. And if you feel like you're up up to the challenge based on some of what Kathy has shared, then by all means, go into that room and be encouraged because if God has brought you there, then he'll bring you through it as well. Um, but if you just want to be in there for the higher pay grade, I promise you, uh, it's a road that rarely has a lot of footsteps when you begin to turn around and look at what you've got to do. So choose wisely and choose accurately because you do hold um, people's lives in the palm of your hand based on the choices that you have to make. Until next time, uh, this is BSTL, Andre Anderson. And of course, if you want to have a broader conversation, Inc 21 at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Leadership. Bye for now.